Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. I'm Anthony Buzzard, inviting you again to search the Scriptures with me for a few moments as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel or good news about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the master term in the teaching of Jesus. Jesus is the master rabbi, the master teacher, who instructs us in the way to immortality. Jesus was in the business of immortality. He knew that human beings were perishing. We are mortal. The only thing that's going to save us from ultimate death and destruction is the gift of life to be imparted through the seed, the seed message which must be sown in our heart. And that seed message Jesus called the gospel about the kingdom of God. If you would like to see a summary statement of the whole basis of Jesus' mission and ministry, turn to Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. We learn there that Jesus came into Galilee urging his audiences, as he urges us now to repent, that's to say to reorientate our lives in a brand new direction, to change our thinking and our lifestyle, and to believe in the cause of Jesus Christ, his gospel about the kingdom of God. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14, Jesus called that gospel of the kingdom God's gospel. Jesus, as one who faithfully obeyed the Father, was the instrument and the bearer of the kingdom of God message. That message came from the highest authority in the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the agent of the one God of Israel. That one God declared in the famous Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. You'll notice not two lords or three lords or more lords, but one Lord. Jesus is the Lord Messiah. The Father of Jesus Christ is the Lord God. Jesus comes as representing the Father, speaking the very words of the Father. In the mouth of Jesus we hear the very mind of the Father expressed. Jesus so perfectly related to the Father that he was in tune with the Father's will constantly. And in being in tune with the will of God, he declared the gospel of God, which is the gospel about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is about the most basic of all concepts throughout Scripture. It runs like a golden thread from Genesis onwards. The kingdom of God is a kind of code word. Amongst Jewish people it was well known that the kingdom of God meant the liberation of Palestine, freedom of the Holy Land, and the peace and security which would come when Messiah ruled unchallenged in Jerusalem on the throne of David. That's the theme of all the prophets, the Hebrew prophets in the Old Testament, what we incidentally rather unfortunately call the Old Testament, and really should be called the Hebrew Bible. Jesus believed himself to be that appointed ruler of the house of David. Remember in Second Samuel 7 that God had guaranteed to the house of David a permanent dynasty, and the representative king on that throne of David was to be the promised Messiah, the ultimate David, if you like, the one who was conceived supernaturally in the womb of Mary and thus became the Son of God. Luke 1, verse 35. Now we as Christian believers take on the same mind as Jesus. The Holy Spirit, which is God's operational presence among us, is said in 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 16 to be the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ can be acquired by reading the Scriptures, by hearing what the Spirit has to say to us in the words of the Bible. The words of Scripture are more than just printed words on a page. 
They're the very creative tools of a living God who is recreating in us the divine character. We're to be like Jesus, we're to sound like Jesus, and we're to preach the gospel of the kingdom like Jesus. You remember the episode in Luke 9, verse 60, where a young man wanted to do other family business before following the Messiah. Jesus said, let the dead bury their dead. That's to say, let the spiritually dead get on with the business of going to funerals and burying the dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God everywhere. How well can you respond to that command? Are you prepared to preach the kingdom of God to your friends and your relatives, to your acquaintances and your contacts at every moment? Preach the word, Paul said to Timothy, in and out of season, whether convenient or inconvenient, preach the message of the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke about being born again in John 3. Unless a man is reborn, unless he begins life all over again, so to speak, with a brand new spiritual orientation, grasping intelligently the message about the kingdom, responding to the gospel as Jesus preached it, unless that happens, he cannot enter the kingdom of God when it comes. Blessed are the meek, Jesus said, they indeed are going to inherit the kingdom, inherit the land, and that's the land promise made to Abraham, that great contractual arrangement made between God and the father of the faithful, Abraham, when he promised to send a distinguished descendant of Abraham, the Messiah, and he promised to give to that Messiah and to Abraham and to the faithful the promise of the land of Canaan in perpetuity. That's a piece of real estate. It's a geographical area on this planet. The Bible has nothing whatsoever to say about heaven as the destiny of the Christians. Heaven in the Bible is nowhere the destination of the dying, said a leading Cambridge biblical theologian in recent years, and his views have been echoed by many experts who know that the idea of going to heaven as a disembodied soul belongs to the world of pagan philosophy. It's an intruding idea which confuses and muddles the biblical records. Jesus and the apostles look forward to the inheritance of the earth in the future, the renewed earth to be divinely ruled by Jesus and the saints, initially for a thousand years and thereafter into the ages of the ages. You as a Christian believer are being invited to fix the world, to put right the intractable problems of the world, to solve the issue of war and international arms, you are being invited to witness that great day when the nations will beat their swords into plowshares and they will not learn the art of warfare anymore. The Sandhursts and the training places of the armies of today, the West Points and so on, will become curio museums in that day. People will look back with sadness and say how crazy and how insane the world was to arm itself against itself, one nation in conflict with another. Those days will be things of the past in that future millennial reign of Christ on the earth with his saints. Wouldn't you like to be part of that great day coming? If so, then you're obligated to believe in the gospel of the kingdom, to get on board God's great world plan, and to know about his revolutionary government to be established when Christ returns. That's what Jesus meant by the gospel or good news about the kingdom coming. And he urged his followers to seek first that kingdom, to make it absolutely the first priority in the whole of their activity, and to pray always, Thy kingdom come. May God's reign begin on the earth. 
Jesus in all probability there was referring to the text in Micah 4 and verse 18 which says that dominion and kingship and kingdom will return to Jerusalem in that day, that day when the lion will lie down with the lamb, when poisonous snakes will become harmless, children will be able to play even with wild animals, nature itself will react in perfect harmony to the peace that will then exist amongst the nations. And the earth, as we read in Isaiah chapter 11, will be filled with the knowledge of God to the extent that the waters cover the sea. That's the dream of the Hebrew prophets, but it's more than a poetic dream. It's a statement of reality as it will be after Jesus returns in the future to initiate this great era of peace, the Pax Messianica, the Messianic peace, as distinct from the Pax Romana, the attempts of the Roman Empire to produce peace, which of course failed dismally, the reason being that people were not righteous under Roman rule. But they will be righteous in that day when Jesus and the saints supervise a new world order and peace will extend across the globe. I'm sure you've read the passage in Psalm 2 which speaks of the Messiah being granted a kingdom to extend to the far corners of the earth. Ask of me, God says to the Messiah, and I will give you the inheritance of the world and the nations will learn for the first time in history what it means to have real peace an absence of divorce and drug-taking, an absence of murder and adultery, of child abuse, of unnatural sexual practices. The world will indeed learn peace only when the Messiah comes to rule on the earth. Listen to the psalmist in Psalm 72 as he sings about that great time coming. God, please endow the king with your own fair judgment, the son of the king with your own saving justice, so that he may rule your people with justice and your poor with fair judgment. Mountains and hills bring peace to the people. With justice, the Messiah will judge the poor of the people. He will save the children of the needy and crush their oppressors. In the sight of the sun and the moon, he will endure age after age. He will come down like rain on mown grass, like showers moistening the land. In the days of the Messiah, uprightness will flourish and peace in plenty till the moon is no more. His empire shall stretch from sea to sea, from the river Euphrates to the limits of the earth. The beast will cower before him. His enemies lick the dust, and the kings of Tarshish and the islands will pay him tribute. The kings of Sheba and Saba will offer gifts. All kings will do him homage. All nations become his servants. For the Messiah rescues anyone needy who calls to him, and the poor who has no one to help him. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the needy from death. From oppression and violence, he redeems their lives. Their blood is precious in his sight. Long may he live. May the gold of Sheba be given to the Messiah. Prayer will be offered for him constantly and blessings invoked on him all day long. May wheat abound in the land, waving on the heights of the hills like Lebanon with its fruits and flowers at their best, like the grasses of the earth. May Messiah's name be blessed forever and endure in the sight of the Son. In him shall be blessed every race in the world, and all nations will call him blessed. May the whole world be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And with that we read, the prayers of David are ended. Now that's one passage out of many in the Hebrew Bible in the Old Testament 
which describes the great time coming when Messiah rules the world in peace and justice, the Bible is brimming over with hope for a great world coming. As I'm sure you know, many Bible writers divide history into two major segments. There's the present evil age, that's to say, the era of human history from Adam onwards, from the fall of Adam, that is, onwards, until the second coming of Christ. There's very little hope for permanent peace until Jesus returns. We're living in what Paul described in Galatians 1.4 as the present evil age. Revelation 12 verse 9 states that the devil is now the one deceiving or fooling the whole world. 1 John 5 verse 19 tells us that the whole world lies in the arms of the wicked one. But the time is coming, according to Revelation chapter 20, when the devil is going to be arrested and imprisoned permanently so that he can no longer deceive or fool the nations. How far have you been outwitted by the devil? The solution to all problems of deception is to be thoroughly grounded and trained in the Scriptures. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9, Paul spoke of the activity or the energy of Satan, which comes with all power and signs and fake miracles, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who are perishing because they did not receive the love of the truth in order to be saved. You see what a high premium Paul there places on truth. It's essential to study the Scriptures daily, as the Bereans did in Acts 17, verse 11, in order to be sure that you're grasping the truth, which is the antidote to error, deception, and destruction. We invite you to request from us our free book on the kingdom, a copy of the tape you've been listening to, and join us again for our continued discussion of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.